Welcome everyone to another exciting edition of NFL Study Hall. I'm your host, Kate Chumslin, getting you well-informed on the AFC off-season moves from the 2021 spring and summer. We begin this episode in the AFC East. Just like Thursday, we're going to start with the teams that I felt did best, give them their grades, get you guys in the know on what they did, who they drafted, who they lost. We'll go from best to worst per division, and we'll wrap it up with our fourth and final division foreshadowing, which will be the AFC West. But first, the AFC East, and I'm going to give credit to Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots for what I feel like is the best offseason, not only in the AFC East, but I think in the entire AFC in general. As you guys might have heard, these guys were in a spending spree come March and April, but I think they did fantastic with who they picked up and who they actually gave away. But first, the biggest headline I think of their offseason was by far their draft pick, Mac Jones. I think it was a massive steal taking him first round 15th pick, but I think this man is a stud. He was the fifth quarterback to go in the first round. Personally, I think he has the brightest future for a long-term contract, for a long-term deal with the Patriots, for long-term success with Bill Belichick. He played in 13 games last season for the Crimson Tide, 4,500 yards, 41 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. The man was an absolute stud, won the national championship, and I think he'll do well in New England. I think it was a brilliant move. Uh, Patriots haven't drafted a quarterback in what feels like decades, and I think they just got their new franchise quarterback. I hope hope he starts within the first five weeks because I don't think Cam Newton's going to last that long. They also drafted Christian Barmore, also out of Alabama, as a defensive tackle, and defensive end Ronnie Perkins from Oklahoma. So really addressed, their, personally, their biggest two needs, in, in my opinion, the quarterback, who they got absolutely nailed down, and then the defensive front, which they brought in two amazing rookies. But then when you get Mac Jones, you also want to revamp that wide receiver core, which they did perfectly. You got Kendron Bourne from the San Francisco 49ers, Nelson Aguilar from the Philadelphia Eagles. But then some of the biggest news, they early on picked up two of, in my opinion, the top five or seven best tight ends in the league, Hunter Henry from the Los Angeles Chargers, who on Sunday, by the way, uh, just ended in his shoulder and will get a future MRI, but he'll definitely play a little bit in this season. But also Jonu Smith from the Tennessee Titans, who I was shocked would leave so early considering his very successful career so far in Tennessee. But you got Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith on the ends, grab in some more outstanding wide receivers, and I think Mac Jones is going to have a boatload of weapons. They also grabbed Trent Brown from the Las Vegas uh, Raiders in a trade, Matt Judon, linebacker from Baltimore, Kyle Van Noy, who comes back to the Patriots after spending the season in Miami. They lost Marcus Cannon in a trade with Houston, offensive tackle, who they basically tra- uh, brought in Trent Brown to replace Cannon. Uh, safety Patrick Chung, inside defensive lineman Adam Butler, and then this is kind of the biggest one for me is Joe Thune. He was he was a big big guy at left guard, and they never really addressed his position. So that's my only concern for New England. 
But I think all the other guys they were able to keep, center David Andrews, running back James White, defensive back J.C. Jackson, who had a standing season last year. I think the Patriots really did nicely with what they were given, uh, who they were able to grab early on. A lot of great, these guys struck fast and hard, and I think it's going to really pay off for Mac Jones and the New England Patriots who are going to get themselves back in this division. Miami and Buffalo really took it by storm last year. And although those two teams still will be good, I think New England's going to get their name back in the mix. Next in the AFC East, I'm going to give an A to the New York Jets. After going only 3-13 and the previous season, they went ahead and they addressed virtually every position And they went to it in what was prioritized in their team. For example, second overall pick, they go and grab Zach Wilson at the quarterback position. Completely necessary considering you traded away Sam Darnold earlier. But even if you had Sam Darnold still, I would would put in Zach Wilson no matter what. We already talked about him in a previous episode. I don't need to give him the stats on that. The number one thing you need to know is he's a stud, and I love the new quarterback they brought in, or the new uh, head coach they brought in, defensive coordinator from San Francisco, Robert Sala. I think those two will probably work very well together. And then when you grab the quarterback, you're going to need protection for him, right? So when later in the first round, the Jets grab Elijah Vera Tucker from USC in free agency. They went ahead and got Morgan Moses from the Washington football team, and left guard Dan Feeney from the Los Angeles Chargers. With those offensive linemen, you need wide receivers and weapons. Jets addressed that as well. Drafting Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, bringing in Corey Davis from Tennessee, Keenan Cole from Jacksonville, and at the running back position, they went ahead and got Tevin Coleman, who is right now projected to be the number one running back for the Jets offense, and I really wouldn't have a problem with that. Coleman is a very outstanding running back and has proven himself in the past, and this is going to be his first time getting a chance at the number one running back position. I'm excited what he's going to be able to do back there. So to sum it up, Jets went ahead and and drafted hopefully their future quarterback, but then equally backed it up with weapons and offensive linemen that they had really been missing in the past. Also, by the way, drafted uh, Michael Carter later. I believe it was in the fourth round from North Carolina. Running back who was a stud out there at UNC. And he'll come in nicely right behind Tevin Coleman. At the defensive positions, the Jets draft or brought in from free agency Sheldon Rankins from uh, New Orleans. And defensive end slash linebacker Vin Curry from the Philadelphia Eagles. Also... Uh, defensive end Carl Lawson from Cincinnati. Sorry, <laughs> bring in that guy. He's a stud from Cincinnati. Really was their uh, number one or number two defensive end who had a great year last year. He comes into the Jets to help out Salah. Really, the only losses the Jets had, again, I mentioned Sam Darnold, who I don't think was a huge loss. Uh, Brashad Perryman, which was one of their number one wide receivers the previous year, he went out to Detroit. But I think the Jets did an amazing job Uh, replacing him with Davis, with Cole, with Moore. Uh, The Jets are going to be looking fine at the wide receiver position. Love what New York did. Don't really think they're going to have a chance at the division, but they are working themselves efficiently in the right direction. With a B+, I'm going to the Miami Dolphins. Drafting Jalen Waddell, 
I think was a brilliant, brilliant move. I'm pretty sure I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I love Waddle working with Tua because of the way Tua plays. Not because of Waddle's skill, but the way of Tua plays. Tua, we know he has the deep ball talent, but when I watched him in Alabama, and what I think what he was known most for was getting it to his speedy wide receivers down the middle, on the sideline, and letting them take it all the way, and Waddle is your guy for that. He doesn't run, I'm not saying he can't, but he's known for his speed. He's known for slants up the middle and then get up the field. And I think that's someone Tua is going to need because he's going to have uh, Will Fuller, which Miami picked up from Houston in the offseason. They already have Devontae Parker. Those are your two deep threat guys. Those guys can jump over people 30, 40 yards down the field. But Waddle's going to be your guy who you need a five-yard first down. You'd throw a slant route to Waddle. I love the chemistry or I hope the chemistry works out between those three wide receivers and Tua can have a um, a great play calling system where he knows which guy to go to when. Also in the first round, Miami grabs defensive end Jalen Phillips from Miami. Later, Javon Holland, a safety from Oregon, and offensive lineman Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame. Also in free agency, Miami went ahead and grabbed Malcolm Brown from the Los Angeles Rams. Defensive back uh, Jason McCourty from New England. And as I mentioned earlier, wide receiver Will Fuller from the Houston Texans. They lost linebacker Kyle Van Noy back to the Patriots and guard Eric Flowers in a trade with Washington. Also safety Bobby McCain. They were able to make some nice deals happen, though. Kicker Jason Sanders had a five-year extension. Linebacker Jerome Baker was able to sign a new contract. And this just in from this past weekend, Xavier Howard now has a new contract. After explaining that he would like a trade throughout basically this entire offseason, this past weekend, the Miami Dolphins were able to secure a new deal with Xavier Howard to keep him for at least the 2021 season and then hopefully extend more in the future after this year. But arguably the number one cornerback in the league is back in Miami and he is going to be needed desperately as we see the weapons that have come in from the Jets, from the Jets, from the Patriots, and also the what's already in Buffalo. I like what Miami did overall. Not a lot of massive outside deals, but their draft was flawless and they're going to be right back where they were last year in the mix with Buffalo for the division and speaking of Buffalo I'm going to give them a B minus no one really had a bad offseason in the in the AFC East but I'm put Buffalo at a B minus they didn't necessarily need to do a ton although I would have liked to see some more drastic changes in their lineup they drafted defensive end Gregory Rousseau from Miami and defensive end Carl Basham or Carlos Basham Jr. Uh, from Wake Forest, offensive tackle Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa, and offensive guard Tommy Doyle from Miami. They were also able to sign wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders from the New Orleans Saints, who I think is an amazing veteran and going to be a fantastic number two wide receiver. However, they were able to lose uh, defensive end Trent Murphy and cornerback Josh Norman. Norman's on the decline, though. I don't really think that's a huge deal. So, all in all, grab some new rookie offensive linemen, replace Trent Murphy with Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham, but then the Buffalo Bills kept everyone. 
that's why I'm going to only give them a, that's why I'm giving them uh, the B minus because again, this is above average. They were able to keep absolutely everyone. I just thought the rest of their division did so well with offseason signings and Buffalo really only grabbed Emmanuel Sanders that I'm going to give them the B minus last in the AFC East. But this is a very, very similar roster to what they did in 2020, and they easily should have a chance to go to the AFC Championship and try to face the Kansas City Chiefs once again. Moving on to the AFC South, and we're going to get this over with. I'm going to mention my Houston Texans right now. Other than their big losses, I mean like massive losses and the whole Deshaun Watson era, and the J.J. Watt first loss, Will Fuller's gone, Darren Fells is gone, Duke Johnson is gone. I mean, we lost some big names. Other than that, I thought our offseason was fantastic. Our draft started in the third round with no picks in the first or second rounds, and we went ahead and got quarterback Davis Mills from Stanford. Now, I desperately did not want us to draft a quarterback, since considering we also picked up Jeff Driscoll and Tyrod Taylor. Taylor's projected to be our starter right now, which I'm okay with. But Davis Mills, man, after you go watch his highlight reel, the man throws a spiral. The man can throw it deep. He was he was projected the number six quarterback to come out of the draft after your big five in the first round, which he was. I, I really, after a while, it gave me a moment. Uh, I needed a moment to get changed, but... Davis Mills, I think and I hope, is our quarterback of the future. And I hope he comes in and plays in 2021. We also grabbed wide receiver Nico Collins from Michigan. I did not like this draft pick. After years of bad defenses and years of bad offensive linemen, the last thing we needed was another offensive specialty player. I like Nico Collins as a wide receiver, but it was the wrong position to draft at that time. Other outside signings. Running back core, one of the most deadly in the league. We already have David Johnson. We come in and we grab Rex Burkhead, Mark Ingram, and Philip Lindsay. It's four solid running backs that can take it out of Tyrod Taylor's hand. And I need, we were second to last in yards per game at the when rushing. I would love to see us go back to the old Arian Foster days where we run heavy, run heavy, run heavy, and give our quarterback some rest. Unfortunately, our offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, has mentioned to the media that they are going to try to stick with the same offense they had last year, uh, which was terrible in rushing. So I'm on, I hopefully that will change, but it's not looking great. Other, uh, other off signings, offseason signings were uh, center Justin Britt from Seattle, defensive lineman Malik, uh, Malik Collins from the Las Vegas Raiders, linebacker Christian Kirksey from Green Bay, Offensive lineman Marcus Cannon from the New England Patriots. Defensive end Shaq Lawson from Miami. And cornerback Terrence Mitchell from Cleveland. So if you look at those guys, we're talking offensive linemen, linebackers, a cornerback and defensive lineman. Everything that we had needed all offseason, especially since we lost so many of our great guys. I like, I love all those signings. I think we should grab more of those type of guys in the draft. We'll see what uh, new head coach David Culley can do with the Houston Texans this year. I'm giving them a C- minus as their grade. Again, loved what they did, hated who they lost it, wished we could have drafted a little bit better, 
but I'm not hurting on my Texans as much as I did for sure uh, last year. Good luck to head coach David Culley. Now back, I'm, I apologize. I wanted to get that over with. Houston Texans were the worst in the AFC South, but now let's get to uh, the best when it comes to the offseason in the AFC South. We're going all the way to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm giving them a solid A. And why can't you after you draft Trevor Lawrence as your number one pick? Quarterback Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. You know him. You've heard me talk about him. There's really not much more to be said. He was the obvious choice for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I hope he does well. Other draft uh, picks for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Running back Travis Etienne. Also from Clemson, so you got the amazing duo there who can also be a wide receiver, by the way. Man has hands just like a receiver. Cornerback Tyson Campbell from Georgia. Offensive tackle Walker Little from Stanford. Other positions, other the other two positions I really felt like Jacksonville needed to address. But then, man, they went out in free, free agency and also dominated. Running back Carlos Hyde. Wide receiver Philip Dorsett. Linebacker Damian Wilson. Marv, uh, wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. from Detroit. Defensive tackle Malcolm Brown from New Orleans. Cornerback Shaquille Griffin. Safety Rashawn Jenkins. Tight ends Christian Manhurst and Tim Tebow. And another wide receiver, Jamal Agnew, who is also a fantastic punt and kick kickoff returner. So you look at the weapons there. Three different wide receivers, a running back, two tight ends. Defensive tackle, cornerback, safety, linebacker grabbing all those positions on defenses, which were all needed in the offseason for Jacksonville Jaguars. They addressed them. They got them. And I love the aggressive play from an offseason for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Haven't really seen that type of play in a while from them. Some key losses for the Jaguars. They do lose wide receiver Keelan Cole, who I thought was solid at that position, and quarterback, cornerback J.D. Hayden and defensive lineman Aubrey Jones, which they equally replaced in the offseason so uh head coach urban meyer from ohio state really has got his hands full considering the jacksonville jaguars were worst in the league at 2 and 14 in 2020 but i think there's a ton of potential it's going to be hard to compete with tennessee and indianapolis but houston's not going to be a problem so i definitely see a, a few or five or six w's coming to jacksonville's way with a b plus i'm going to the tennessee titans now a decent draft, but amazing signings from the Titans. Let's dive into it. Draft, cornerback Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech in the first round. Love that pick. Solid. Cornerbacks were stacked this year, by the way. All these guys that went in the first round at the cornerback position are outstanding. Also, offensive tacker, ah, tackle uh, Dylan Radens from NDSU. So the draft was decent. Again, love the cornerback pick. Definitely needed. Tennessee's defense was atrocious last year, at least compared to their offense. But then look at these offseason signings. Again, we'll talk about defense for a second. Danico Autry from the Indianapolis Colts. Linebacker Bud Dupree, considered the number one linebacker at Pittsburgh when they had that amazing Steeler defense. And cornerback Janoris Jenkins, the veteran who previously played in New Orleans. Well, also, on the defensive side, you've got the weapons on the offensive side, and the wider, and Tennessee lost wide receivers Adam Humphreys and Corey Davis, but then they brought in wide receiver Josh Reynolds from the 
LA Rams and what we've kind of all been talking about as the number one trade for wide receivers, Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons is now going to be paired with AJ Brown for Ryan Tannehill to throw to. This is, in my opinion, top three caliber quarterback, running back, wide receiver combination in the league. Tannehill, Henry, Brown, and Jones all on the field at the same time. Tennessee is going to be someone who is not to be reckoned with. But they did lose quite a few players, especially on the offensive linemen and a few key defensive players. On the offensive line, tackles Isaiah Wilson and Dennis Kelly are both gone. At the defensive side, Malcolm Butler, Genevian Clowney, and Daquan Jones. We'll see how the mix-up on defense uh, changes. I still think that Bud Dupree as linebacker is going to be the key for the Tennessee Titans to revamp that defense when they're going to go face an unbelievable AFC of talent on offense. B-plus for the Titans. With a B, the Indianapolis Colts stay strong with where they are in contention for the AFC South. Drafting defensive end Quiddy Pay from Michigan. Defensive lineman Dio Odembo from Vanderbilt. And quarterback Sam Ellinger, Ellinger late in the draft as well. But the big thing for the Colts... You bring in Carson Wentz in a $66 million deal coming in from Philadelphia, and he he gets hurt with a with an ankle injury and might be out for 6 to 12 weeks. So now the quarterback position now falls to second-year Jacob Eason from the University of Washington and previously the University of Georgia, who never saw a snap last year now might have to carry a very, very good Indianapolis team who expects to contend for the division. And we'll see how the second-year man does if he is, in fact, the one to start. Right now, the depth chart still has a questionable Wentz at the starting position. But with the injury that has been reported, it is, um, at least from my opinion, unlikely that Wentz will get the go for week one. Other big outside signings, left tackle Eric Fisher from Kansas City. Big boost on the offensive on the offensive side. But they also got to keep a bunch of key players as well. Wide receiver T.Y. Hilton is staying. Cornerback Xavier Rhodes. Running back Marlon Mack. And defensive tackle Al Quadin Mohammed. The Colts didn't necessarily lose anybody huge. There are a few key defensive players, Justin Houston and Danico Autry at the defensive end positions. Uh, Houston, for sure, was a big impact on the Indianapolis Colts last year. And Danico Autry and Malik Hooker, Hooker from the safety position were both solid as well. But I don't necessarily think it's a huge blow to the Indianapolis Colts defense. I still think they're one of the top 10, top 5 defenses in the league and should do nicely against... Jacksonville and Houston, and will compete against the Tennessee Titans. A solid offseason. Once Carson Wentz is ready, I still I think it's going to be an amazing boost for the Annapolis Colts to try to contend for that division. All right, moving on to the AFC North, the much-talked-about AFC North, and we'll go ahead with the best offseason team 
It is, in fact, the Cleveland Browns. After a fantastic offseason last year, they back it up with another great offseason this year. We first go to the draft. Cornerback Greg Newsom II from Northwestern. Again, another incredible cornerback coming out of the Big Ten. He will do nicely at a position that was desperate at the end of 2020. Also, linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I got through that. From Notre Dame, he will do nicely in the, in the front seven. But again, more outside signings that Cleveland needed. Last year, they needed offensive linemen. They got offensive linemen. This year, they needed secondary. They got secondary. Safety, John Johnson from the LA Rams and cornerback Troy Hill also from the Rams. But then in the front seven, defensive tackle Malik Jackson from Philadelphia, defensive end Genevieve Clowney from the previously mentioned Tennessee Titans, and linebacker Anthony Walker Jr. from the previously mentioned Indianapolis Colts. Uh, some losses so far, defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi and, D- and cornerbacks, or no, cornerback Terrence Mitchell, defensive tackler Sheldon Richardson, safety and Andrew Sandeo and defensive end Oliver Vernon is not on the roster currently but he has not signed with anybody yet so the Cleveland Browns still have a chance to get him as well I wouldn't put necessarily a huge priority on it but he is a very very uh, great good asset for the Browns to have but you get rid of the old secondary you bring in a new secondary I love what the Cleveland Browns are doing to that defense didn't really need to change the offense um, it, on top of that, running back Nick Chubb actually signed an extension, which I think is huge for that running back core in Cleveland. All around B of average, solely focused on defense was what they needed to do. And now it's all on the shoulders of Baker Mayfield to get the job done for a much needed Browns society to just honestly, these guys are a Super Bowl contending team. It's going to be a tough road ahead, and I wish them the best of luck. Next, Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to give a solid B+. The draft, wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. Going to be working with his buddy Joe Burrow from LSU as well. We will see what... I think that duo was obvious from the start. I honestly, we were all thinking the uh, Cincinnati Bagels may go with offensive tackle, but I think the opportunity was too great to go grab someone that Joe Burrow can trust or can trust. And with with him being injured all last year and never really found his stride before that, I expect Joe Burrow to come out firing and Chase will be an amazing deep threat for the Cincinnati Bengals. Also in the draft, offensive tackle Jackson Carmen from Clemson, which... We all doubted whether they were going to go get for offensive tackle in the first round. They go ahead first thing, second round, and grab Carmen from Clemson, and he will do nicely on the ends of the offensive line as well. For offseason signings, defensive end Trey Hendrickson from New Orleans, who had 13 and a half sacks in 2020, will do nice in that front four. Cornerback Chidobi Awuzie from Dallas. Defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi from Cleveland. And then to uh, safety, Ricardo Allen from Atlanta, cornerback Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh, and then to reinforce that offensive line that is needed, another offensive tackle, 
Riley Reef from Minnesota. So again, boosting that defense, helping the offensive line. You go grab your one great uh, wideout in Jamar Chase, and Sam and Joe Burrow should be stacked. They do lose a couple players: defensive tackle Geno Atkins, running back Genovi Bernard. Not huge. They've got Joe Mixon. If he stays healthy, he's a stud running back. Defensive end Carl Lewis, Carl Lawson, cornerback William Jackson III, and wide receivers A.J. Green and John Ross. Overall, I think it's a new Cincinnati Bengals team that we're not used to seeing. They don't have A.J. Green. They don't have Andy Dalton. They don't have Geno Atkins. I love what I'm seeing. This is a team that has struggled in recent years, and they need to get back on the playoff train like they were about a decade ago. B-plus going in the right direction for the Bengals. Sitting at a C-minus, we go to the Baltimore Ravens. A great, great draft for these guys. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman in the first round from Minnesota. I think this man is an underrated uh, stud coming from the land of 10,000 lakes. A wide receiver that Lamar Jackson now can go to as a young gun who can also go deep. This is why uh, Baltimore really hasn't had a huge deep man in a while. I think Bateman will eventually turn into that guy. Also, later in the draft, they grab offensive guard Ben Cleveland from Georgia to help on the offensive line part. In signings, they went ahead and grabbed Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh and right guard Kevin Zeitler from the New York Giants. So three brand new offensive linemen to help out Watson or to help out Jackson. Also in the draft, uh, offense or outside linebacker Jason Owe from Penn State will really hopefully uh, kind of replace the two defensive guys that Baltimore lost in Matt Junon and Yannick Ngakwe. Defense for Baltimore, I didn't think was a huge issue last year. It was mainly can Jackson really get over his nerves. This is two years in a row where he's kind of crumbled in the playoffs, and Baltimore has given him more protection. They've given him more weapons. They also grabbed wide receiver Sammy Watkins from Kansas City. So a new look for wide receiver, a new offensive line. You've got a rising stud at uh, running back in J.K. Dobbins. There really is nothing stopping these Baltimore Ravens right now c minus for a grade but i i didn't think there was nothing i didn't think there was a lot of things they needed to address in the first place finally in the afc north it's the pittsburgh steelers with another disappointing offseason i'm giving them a d i did not think there was a they really addressed the right things and they lost too many great players in the draft Running back Najee Harris. I think this is the greatest thing they did all offseason. Running back absolutely stunk. They were worst in the league in rushing in yards per game, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you go and get, my opinion, the best running back in the draft, not in Najee Harris out of Alabama. And hopefully Big Ben can focus more on him and less on his big wide receivers, who he really didn't kick it off with until late last year. Now he's got The Rock in Harris, which I hope the Pittsburgh Steelers will move on him. Also, later in the draft, tight end Pat Frymouth from Penn State uh, will hopefully replace Vance McDonald, who they lost in, in uh, free agency. But Frymouth, 
uh, will definitely do nice there. They also signed offensive guy, offensive guard Trey Turner from the Los Angeles Chargers and linebacker Melvin Ingram from the Los Angeles Chargers. But again, as I mentioned before, the big names that Pittsburgh lost, again, tight end Vance McDonald, but center Maurice Pouncey retired, right guard David DeCastro left, linebackers Vince Williams, defensive or linebacker Vince Williams, defensive end slash linebacker, honestly, Bud Dupree, who I said was the stud of that defense in other than the, the front four, in the front seven at the linebacker position, Bud Dupree, right tackle Alejandro Villueva, right tackle Matt Filer, and then at the cornerback position, Steven Nelson. So too many losses. They were able to pick up Minka Fitzpatrick's fifth option, and Mike, Mike Tomlin was able to sign a three-year contract. So good extensions there. But when you have all these guys leave on defense and leave on your offensive line, and then you don't really pick them up super well, right tackle especially is going to be hurting. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers really went up to the level that the Ravens, the Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns uh, went to to try to secure that in a, that AFC North spot. Big Ben is Big Ben's getting old, and he's going to need some help. And I don't think the Steelers gave him the help needed to fight for that division. Last but certainly not least, we head to the AFC West, and it's hard to say this, but the best offseason out of these four teams, I gotta say, are the Kansas City Chiefs, two-time Super Bowl uh, contenders made to the Super Bowl the last two years, and now they're trying for a third straight, and they have a great chance to do it. In the draft, inside linebacker Nick Bolton from Missouri and center Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, but you also signed guard Joe Thune from New England and tackle Orlando Brown from Baltimore. That's three new offensive linemen who, if you look at last year's Super Bowl, they got destroyed up front. So Kansas City went back to the books, said we need offensive linemen. They gobbed three of them and a great three at that matter. At the defense, they grabbed a few more. Draft Nick Bolton, signed Jaron Reed from Seattle at the defensive tackle position. And that's basically it. But that's all they need to do. I love the offensive linemen signings. They also got rid of some offensive linemen in Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, which I think might have been needed after that horrendous Super Bowl. So it's new faces and new places. I love what I'm seeing from Kansas City, and they will be exactly where they were these last two seasons. Coming in tied with a solid C average are both the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll head to the Raiders first. You draft offensive guard Alex Leatherwood from Alabama and safety Trayvon Merrig from TCU. The Raiders also signed cornerback Casey Hayward from the Los Angeles Chargers. Defensive tackle, the veteran Gerald McCoy from the Carolina Panthers. Another veteran defensive end, Yannick Ngakwe from Baltimore Ravens. Line, uh, running back Kenyon Drake from the Cardinals. And wide receiver John Brown, who came from Buffalo. Few losses for the Raiders, wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, center Rodney Hudson, right tackle Trent Brown, right guard Gabe Jackson, and inside linebacker Malik Collins. So you lost quite a few offensive linemen and only replaced it with your first draft pick, but you definitely traded a or brought in a, a lot of new defensive players, which I think was definitely needed for the Raiders. So again, I'm going to say average. 
You lose some offensive linemen. You bring in some great defense. This it wasn't a uh, super year for the Las Vegas Raiders, and I really don't see them uh, contending in this division. But I, hopefully you bring in some better offensive linemen. You bring in some better talent at the quarterback position. Derek Carr, I'm sorry, but I think you're going to have to go in a few years unless he steps it up big time. Average C for the Raiders. Average C for the Chargers as well. Offensive draft or the draft for the offensive side at the first pick offensive tackle Rashawn Slater. I think this is a great pick to help out uh, Justin Herbert. You bring in an offensive tackle from Northwestern who was basically in the top three when it came to rated offensive tackles in the draft. This is a fantastic pick. Also cornerback Asante Samuel from Florida State to help out with that secondary I think is great. You sign uh, running right tackle Matt Filer from Pittsburgh. Offensive guard Ode Abushi, Abushi from Detroit and center Corey Lindsley from Green Bay. One of the best centers in the game. I think their offensive line strategy was fantastic. Also tight end Jared Cook, who we know has some of the best hands in the game. So from an offensive line perspective, I think these guys did perfect. But there were some other areas, especially on defense, that I think they needed to address a little bit more. Defensive end Melgum Ingram and Rashawn Jenkins definitely, definitely uh, are going to hurt them there. And Hunter Henry, you let go pretty easily and you bring in Jared Cook. I don't know if that was maybe worth it. I personally loved Hunter Henry and thought his potential was amazing, even though he had gone through a few injuries. So although I love the offensive line signings, I would have loved to have seen maybe another wide out for Justin Herbert and maybe some more addressing the secondary for the Chargers as well. But we know for a fact, Herbert is going to be protected. Last, we have the Denver Broncos coming in with a solid D. I know it hurts, but you look at the roster that Denver had last year, you look at the roster Denver has has this year, and I'm not seeing a ton of difference. Draft-wise, Patrick Sertan, the second cornerback from Alabama, another, another solid cornerback from uh, one from the SAC, who I think was a great pickup. Also running back Javante Williams from North Carolina to replace Philip Lindsay, who they lost to Houston. But you signed Teddy Bridgewater, or you traded Teddy Bridgewater for Teddy Bridgewater, um, gave a sixth round pick to the Carolina Panthers. I hope Bridgewater will start over Drew Locke. Drew Locke did not show any signs of flourishing last year, especially with new wide receiver Jerry Judy. Those two really just didn't kick it off last year. But some decent secondary guys. I like Kyle Fuller from Chicago, Ronald Darby from Washington. You draft Patrick Sertan. I think that secondary is fantastic. Uh, On the offensive line part, Bobby Massey from Chicago. I think those guys are great. But... When you look at the quarterback position, I would have loved to have seen Denver maybe draft Mac Jones over the Patriots. Really thought they were going to go quarterback in the first round, but they didn't. And now you have the tough choice of Bridgewater over Locke with a weak running back position. Right now, your Melvin Gordon is your best, who had shown great signs in the past, but hasn't really done anything recently. Uh, Jerry Judy at the wide receiver position is working there with Cortland Sutton or Cortland Sutton. As the one-two punch for wide receiver position, I don't think it's a very, very hard punch at that. So Denver, I really just didn't think they they didn't go aggressive enough, if that makes sense. 
they addressed the right positions, but not heavy enough, if that makes sense. And I think they're going to be really struggling to even contend in the National Football League in 2021 compared to the other stud off-seasons I've seen, compared to the other the, the teams we know there are in the AFC as well as the NFC. So there you have you folks. There's the entire NFL off-season trades, moves, signings, deals, draft picks, you name it. We mentioned it. If you have any more questions or comments, please let us know on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will see you on Thursday when I give my top 10 fantasy draft picks for the quarterback position and the running back position. It's all coming for you right here on NFL Study Hall. Stay tuned for later this week. Peace out.